all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today we're we're diverting a little bit. We're talking about the Me Too campaign. It's the the issue that has been going on. I know if you've had your radio or your television on, you know what this is about. It's about women um, feeling like over the years that there have been some huge discrepancies between men and women um, in pay, job advancement, professional conduct, and that many times... In the arena of professional conduct or um, in something like the gymnastics group, that, that there have been issues that were egregious, terrible things happen to young women and, and maybe middle-aged women. Um, so how much of this is for real? How much of this is something that we really need to address hard? And then how much is um, maybe something that um, is is a bit overblown? And I want to throw that out to you because there's been a lot of question um, in the media and, and just in the conversational arena. And why does this pertain to this show? And relatively speaking, I think it has um, a lot of pertinence. And let me tell you why. It's what what we teach, what we are teaching our young women uh, about life and our young men, what are we teaching um, them about how much do you tolerate, uh, how much do you say, and how much do you worry about the ultimate um, negative that may happen to you because you speak your mind or you stand up for yourself. And so I'm not just talking to parents, I'm talking to teachers, I'm talking to anyone who has the ability to influence young individuals' lives. This is a conversation that we've needed to have um, for quite a long time. And unfortunately, you know, back in the, the 70s and uh, 80s, um, there was a lot of talk about women's rights and um, feminism. And um, it's, it's continued over the years, but it's sort of waxed and waned. And um, it has been a little bit surprising to me as we've moved forward, and we're supposedly so progressive over the years, that apparently there's been some major undercurrent stuff going on, some upset, some anxiety, and some sadness about um, women and how they've been treated over their lives. Um, A lot of it has just been internalized and never talked about. So today we're going to talk about it. Um, We have lines open for you to join in, and I really do want you to join in. I'm going to summarize a few of issues that have gone on, but I know you have issues out there, and you may have an opinion that uh, this is overblown, or you may think that there's still not n- not enough attention to it. So give us a call to join the conversation at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So I think uh, you all have, many of you have heard about Aziz Ansari, who just won the Best Actor Award at the Golden Globes, and he was accused of being too sexually aggressive by a reporter when they were at his apartment. They were... um, 
on a date, I guess, um, she states that she made it clear that she didn't want to have sex, but he kept pushing. And, you know, the story is huge and big, and there was a lot of detail that went on. Um, uh, Aziz said that um, he had no idea that uh, things had gone south so badly and um, was quite surprised um, that that this woman had come out with this. So that was one of those stories. Um, Oprah said the other day that women are now finding their voices and, and it does seem that we women are now learning that we can stand up for what um, we find is right, wrong, offensive or not, fair or not, in all different aspects. But, but my question is, what what took women so long? Um, I know that I have been in a predominantly male until the last probably ten or fifteen years, prominently. Uh, predominantly male profession as a physician. And when I was in medical school, there were, I guess, maybe out of a hundred men and my, out of a hundred students in my class, there were probably um, around um, 18 or 19 women. So definitely the minority. There were definitely some issues that went on. And yes, indeed, as you would imagine, I did stand up to them, and there were some encounters when even um, residents believed, if they were male, that they could um, disagree, stand up, and be disrespectful to a physician who was their essentially their boss or their attending. I believe that's gotten better, um, but apparently, in in workplaces in general. Uh, there has long been a lot of fear from women about any retribution. And if you um, look at what went on with the gymnast, the Olympic gymnast and the physician who molested those children uh, repeatedly, um, apparently people are so afraid that they will be negatively impacted from um, their future, from perhaps uh, a way to advance into something they dearly want, whether that's a, a job or whether that's a position on the Olympic team or whether that's um, something um, much more simple than and not so grandiose. There are plenty of individuals out there who have have experienced issues. So if you've been one of those individuals who who feel like maybe you didn't speak out because uh, for fear of retribution, or if you feel like maybe some of this speaking out is trying to get back at somebody who maybe just didn't give you what you wanted, um, I'd like to hear from you and hear what your take is on this. And this is not just about women. This is about men, too. would like to hear from you. And I hope you would... Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Um, I, let's talk a little bit about um, something that I thought was ridiculous when it happened, and I. Um, but I think it's an example of how sometimes a blameless man can be swept up into something that is is absolutely um, unfair. Do you remember the story about a former president, George H.W. Bush, who was in a wheelchair and was accused of grabbing women's backsides and telling a dirty joke? Well, George H.W. Bush, when um, he was interviewed about this, he sort of wanted to... Clarified, um, he is wheel, wheelchair bound, ninety three. His arms fall at the lower uh, waist of most people with whom he takes pictures. Right, so to put people at ease, he routinely tells a joke that probably is not in good humor. Um, 
And he's patted women's rears in what he intended to be a good-natured manner. He apologized for that, realized that it was coming across negatively. But should he be in the same category as some of these these other individuals who truly have committed a real molestation? The same thing goes with someone who perhaps has brushed by someone's breast. Is that the same thing as pleasuring yourself in front of women? I'm just throwing those questions out because my thought is No, it's not the same thing. So why are we um, going after people with the same fervor for instances that are so different? Okay, now I threw out some things there. I want you to think about, and Karen, we've got Karen from Daphne, Alabama on the line. Good morning, Karen. I'm glad you called in. Tell us what your thoughts are. Thank you for having me. I'm, I've worked in technology industry for my entire career, more than 40 years. And as a woman in the technology industry, I've, it's been hard. Um, I've always been cautious and a little fearful mm-hmm. about the power of the men that I worked with and their ability to impact my um, making a living and and I've never really uh, when this Me Too movement started, I really felt strongly, you know, that I should say Me Too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Although nothing ever rose to the level of criminal. Um, and my husband said, "Well, why didn't you tell me about some of these things that were going on?" And I never did. And the reason is that my career and our family. And the fact that I was strong enough to protect myself, I felt like it was just the way things were. Hmm. So you were just so putting feel, it up, putting up with it because you were afraid you're, you you might not continue to have your job. Well, that I might not be able to advance in mm-hmm. my job and be able to. I enjoyed my job; it was a good job, and it still is. But. I've seen this, and I don't want this for my nieces who are just coming into the workforce. So I I do think that it's been a pendulum, and some instances have been too extreme and not right. But I, I think the fact that people like me are speaking a little bit where we never have, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think men and women alike are very surprised at how prevalent this is in their lives. I think you're absolutely right. I think people have been shocked. I know I have. I, In fact, at one point, I looked at my husband and I said, is there anyone out there who hasn't done something terrible like this? And, of course, there are. There's some great individuals out there. And there's some women oh, yes. who commit the same negative acts that we're talking yes. about. Karen, um, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you. So you said you didn't take tell anybody because you knew you could protect yourself. How did you do that? What did you do? Well, I had to very carefully monitor myself and where I was and who was around me. Um, I also saved some of my coworkers from very unpleasant situations because I had stronger will and maybe I wasn't as pretty as some of those other girls and so I didn't have you know, as much um, pressure on me. Uh, but I remember in a, going to a big conference in Boston, and one of my uh, customers that was a very upstanding citizen down here in Daphne, when he got out of town, he was suddenly wanting us young people take, to take him, you know, to um, topless bars and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And... And I was able to talk my way out of that, but some of my coworkers, you know, weren't as strong-willed or maybe didn't think it would, you know, they keep thinking, well, it's not going to get that bad. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how those situations escalate. You're absolutely uh, right. Yeah. And so you do have to stand up and and say, no, no, thank you. 
Um, I'm not interested. It it's yeah. really important for us to empower. And and you just um, said something earlier that I wanted to emphasize too. Really important for us to empower our young women out there that it's really okay. Um, and and maybe the door has been open that now if someone's job would be endangered by a refusal like that, there would be avenues that would be easy to go to. Um, so, well, I would certainly hope so, but I do know even today I work in high tech in a very reputable, wonderful company, but there are certain individuals that as women, we avoid that. We know that those individuals don't have good morals and are really willing because they feel like they're in a position of power to take advantage of that power. Mm. So it's it's not an easy environment. And I think my husband, for example, who's a very hardworking, wonderful man, is was completely taken aback by the experiences that I recently shared with him. Yeah. Yeah. I bet there are many out there who have had the same feeling and and probably feelings of being enraged that women have had to go through that. And I do think it's a sad state of affairs that women have had to scrap and claw and be so afraid and put up with demeaning comments, at least, um, for fear of losing their jobs. So... Karen, I'm I'm glad you've made it through. I, I heartily encourage you to stand up and to know that if things in um, encounter if you encounter any kind of negative now, that you know that um, you've got a whole bunch of people behind you now who will be supportive. So thanks for your call and thanks for starting the conversation off. Um, we're going to stay with the phones. We have Kim in Memphis with a comment. Good morning, Kim. Thanks for calling. Hi. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was listening to the other caller. I also have been in traditionally male, uh, male-dominated work where uh, the incidences, not so much sexual harassment as just harassment in general because I was female, um, there there far too many to even mention right the one the one incident that i wanted to talk about um was a particular doctor i went to once and um i promise not to get too graphic but um i don't remember who he was or where i was living at the time because i moved around a bit when i was in my 20s um with school and jobs and um he was not an OBGYN, and he did a breast exam, and it was taking um, far too long. Uh, I began to get uncomfortable, and I was especially uncomfortable with the fact that, uh, as I'm sure you know and, and all women listening know, they usually the OBGYNs, when they do that exam, they stand next to you, not behind you. And right. uh, he, was, he had me sitting upright and was behind me. So I couldn't see him, mm. and um, I, I started to get uncomfortable when I realized he was taking much longer than was necessary. And he wasn't saying anything, but I could hear some strange little noises behind me. And then he asked me how it felt, and I just immediately realized that something was wrong and felt sick to my stomach. Um and what didn't did you what, do? Did you? I didn't. I didn't know what to do. Didn't I know was. What to uh, do. I was still very timid, at, even at that age, um, about bucking authority because I had been taught by very highly religious parents that you do not question authority under any circumstances, and all adults are authority, mm-hmm. particularly men. And um, I think that. Um, he, he somehow sensed that or knew that, mm-hmm. and I just was hoping it would it be would over with. Yeah, um, but he when it, when he asked me how it felt, I just very timidly mumbled fine, and then he pretty quickly stopped, and I, there was there was really nothing. Um, 
Nothing else that I remember about that visit other than thinking on my way out that I needed to stop and say something to the receptionist. And did you? I I did not. You did not. You know, I had been through enough similar circumstances by that time where I had said something and was it was either swept under the rug or I was brushed off as, uh, you know, it was my word against theirs. Yeah. And they had they had status that I didn't have. Yeah. So, Kim, uh, obviously that was in, inappropriate. Um, from what I can hear you tell about this. And so I think that's not uncommon. I've heard um, not uncommon for one not to know what to do. Now, hopefully it is very uncommon for a physician to give an inappropriate exam such as that. And if you one issue that I think this conversation can help with, hopefully, is to empower women, um, you know, to if anything like that ever happens to anyone out there listening, it's really okay to to sit up and say, I'm not sure what you're doing. And I, I don't think this is an appropriate exam. Um, but I hear what you're saying. And I, I do think that many adults may be well thinking many parents um, tell children that adults are the ultimate authority. We have to be very careful about teaching our children that no matter what, the adult is always right, because every person who is listening to this show knows that's not true. There are some adults who do very terrible things, and we need to empower our children to be able to tell someone to stop. Um, I don't think this is okay. I need to go talk to somebody else. I need to call whoever, but to empower them that it is okay when a situation feels uncomfortable, feels inappropriate, that they can do it. And and Kim, I really appreciate you calling, um, pointing this out um, for many reasons, one in particular that um, there's not a profession out there that's immune to this. Preachers, priests, physicians, businessmen, um, tech people, um, they're, they're good and bad people in every industry. Um, and we just have to remember that. So to empower ourselves um, to know that that it's it's okay to speak out when something doesn't feel right. Um, well, thank you for letting me get that out. <laughs> Kim, thank you. And, and you know, what you can do is to talk to other young people and, and let them know um, what you went through and that you don't want anybody to go through it again. Right. So Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for your call. Um, Jay, if it's okay, I want to go to our next caller before the break. He's nodding. We're going to go to someone who is anonymous in um, Ripley. Thanks for calling. I think we're going to get uh, maybe a male's point of view. A little bit, maybe. Okay. Hi. Thanks for calling. Tell us what your thoughts are. Um, after listening a little bit, uh, when I first uh, called in and was speaking with your producer, basically she gave me a little bit of a rundown of, you know, is it too much or is it too little? Right. First of all, even being a man uh, in my younger days, I have been in situations where even I had been in uncomfortable situations where I didn't know what I, what was going on i didn't know how to respond you know right. and shock sets in with a lot of people women and men shock sets in we don't know how to react we don't right. know how to respond and then when we get older and we start thinking about these things they bother us they do they start bothering us really bad and we want to do something about it and we don't know how to do something about it i feel personally if a person is having so much anguish inside over the situation that, yes, they should speak out and talk about it whenever they feel that they're able. Right. Because they've been living with this their whole life, and it's just gotten to a point to where they're so sick in their stomach that it really affects the way you live your life. It affects how you feel about others. 
it uh, affects your faith, your trust in man. Of course, even Jesus said, no one's good but God. And even I grew up believing that all men were pigs because all we have on our minds, it seems, in this world is sex, sex, sex. It's on the TV. It's in the movies. We're just overwhelmed with it. And then we ask ourselves, why do these things happen? Well, I believe a lot of it has to do with the way that this country runs its industries. We're just... What we're allowing. Allowing, yeah. Yeah. But, you know... I don't know. It uh, there's just seems to be more and more immoral conduct going on in the world than there was when I was younger, or what was vis- visually allowed. Well, um, you just mentioned one thing that that I do think we need to emphasize. It's we're seeing more and more because it's all out there. The media is continual, constant. If you're not um, watching television or listening to radio, there is all the electronic media with um, the sharing, the amount of sharing that's going on. So you're you're right there. Um, I wanted to emphasize something that you said. Um, I, I think that when negative things are happening to people, sometimes there's so much shock and dismay um, that that is this really happening? Is this really I can just I know with me when something has happened, um, it's going through my mind. Is this really going on? And and or am I misinterpreting it? And then so the situation's over before it's ever really addressed. And and the next thing you know, you don't have the forum that you did originally. So uh, you're absolutely correct in that if this is something that happened to you 10 years ago and you're finally feeling empowered to talk about it now, now is the right time because um, ruminating and keeping those things inside is horrible for your health. And it's very damaging mentally. And as you said, um, it makes you not trust others. So um, I appreciate you um, calling and sharing that from a man's perspective. And that's what I said earlier. I know uh, things, negative things in the job uh, place or in other places have happened to men also that are just as bad or maybe worse than, than what's happened to some women. So um, with that, thank you so much um, for your call, and thanks for sharing. That was very helpful. I think it it brought up some additional points. Um, Jay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to one more caller, and then we'll we'll go to okay. We're gonna go to Mary next um, in Oxford. Mary, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Radio down here. Hi, yes, I wanted to make a comment about uh, empowering girls. The first um, incident that I had with uh, sexualization was at my grandparents' farm. They reared, my grandmother reared me after my mother died when I was three. I was about six years old. My little sister was about three. And uh, a man was visiting with his son. Uh, with my father, and perhaps my grandfather, I can't remember. But anyway, outside of them, uh, the son started trying to get his hand into my sister's panties. And I was able to get him to start doing that. But, But my point is that I didn't know... What to do? Um, and you know, other than say no, don't do that. Shake my head. Uh, as far as reporting it, because my family is kind of like a Norwegian bachelor farmer; they never spoke about anything important, <laughs> <laughs> including this. And um, so, I think that modern parents are more uh, aware of how, how early. You have to start to talk to children about this because little kids, little babies, 
are molested. They need to know that they, the parents welcome and believe them when they tell them things like that. Yes. Mary, thank you for bringing this up. And gosh, what a powerful six-year-old you were to to stop that. Um, you know, I... I I think that you're right. Back in the day, nobody talked about sex. Nobody talked about what's appropriate touch and what's not appropriate touch. And there's been a lot of work out there um, in, you know, with with physicians, with social workers, with therapists, with psychologists about teaching individuals, teachers also, teaching individuals how important it is uh, to know what is an okay touch and what is not okay. And I, I think that um, for way too long, people were so terrified of talking about sex parts or anything like that, that, that there was lack of information out there and, and lack of understanding. There is a way to teach children respectful behavior to adults, but still the ability to teach them how to protect themselves and when to know they need to speak out and to know that they have an adult that they can go to who will help protect them if they're unsure. And so that's another part of what this whole conversation, I think, should be about is is to teach children how to keep themselves safe and what they need to do. I mean, we've made it very clear from what? three callers already today that when something negative is happening to you, sometimes it's like, is this really happening? And so to to empower children, if they're not sure if it's appropriate or not, then to find out from somebody who you trust with power about whether or not this is okay, because I, I think that question comes up often, too. So, Mary, thank you for your call, and and I, I want to thank thank you to all of our callers who have been calling in. We still have some open lines. We're going to go to our first break, and when we come back, we have a couple of callers waiting for us. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We'd love to have you call in and add to the conversation. We'll be right back. Connecting to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio just got a lot easier. If you own a smart home device such as Amazon Echo or Google Home, you can now ask for MPB by name. Say, Alexa, play MPB Think Radio for up-to-date news and your favorite local programs. Or say, Alexa, play MPB Radio for great music to get you through your day. And that's it. You're connected. With any smart home device, just ask for us by name. Alexa, play MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about the Me Too movement. Has it gone too far? Are there people who are guilty until proven innocent? Um, Did something happen to you that you were terrified to speak out about for years, and now you finally feel empowered? We've heard some from some great callers, and we'd love to hear from you. You can still give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, John, you were next. You waited a long time on your call-in, and I am so sorry. 
we were going to pick you up um, after the break. So please give us a call back if you are still able to give us a call. So let's go on back to the phones. We'll go to um, Sue in Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. Thanks for calling. Thank you. <clears throat> I have a cold, so my voice sounds terrible. But a previous caller voiced some of my same thoughts. It's We live in a sexualized society. It's sex, sex, sex in, in movies and television. and There's pornography and permissiveness and lax morals. And a young guy told me that, you know, you don't have to, they don't have to wait to call a girl up to go out anymore. Girls call them up, and they can be aggressive. I, I was just shocked. I'm so old. I was just surprised <laughs> how, how, how aggressive girls can be. And and again, women, when you dress like hookers with your tata and your boobs hanging out, men are going to react. <laughs> that's the nature of the beast. It's always been that way. So that's a um, that is a question that has come up, Sue. Um, is is it? Now, the woman's fault if she happens to have a dress that's low cut or a very short um, skirt on. Is it her fault if someone comes on to them and and um, for it? They're asking for it. So that has been out in out in the media quite a bit that that um, women who dress in a sexualized manner are are sort of asking for people to be lewd, rude and talk sexually um, provocatively to them. And many times when that happens, then they're upset about it. So. I wonder about that. Um, you know, I'm I'm one who who likes nice clothes, and um, and and you know the styles sometimes are such that they are a little bit more um, sexy than than um, other times. And so I'd love to hear from our other listeners about what you think about about that. Um, if are are you asking for it, and what what. Um, dressiness and and sexy dress is too much and uh, does that still allow a guy to come forward and speak now it's one thing to say wow you look mighty nice but is it another thing to say I'd really love to get in your pants I, I just I, I'm asking out there how how much is too much and how much is is someone's fault so I agree with you. Um, certainly on prime time, uh, some of the television shows are just um, amazingly uh, graphic in their speak and actions, and it does seem that everything's sexualized. So, so you brought up another good point. Um, so callers, uh, feel free to call in on that one at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Well, let's go on to Simon. We have Simon in Mobile, and Simon, you've been waiting patiently. Thank you. You have Thank a you. comment? Uh, yes, I've just uh, started listening, and I don't know if anyone's uh, taken this perspective or not, but I am a gay man, and I'm now in my mid-50s. But when I was about uh, seven years old, I was sexually molested by a male family member uh, over and over again over the course of several years. Oh, my. I'm so sorry. And um, at that time, I knew that I could not say anything. I could not tell anybody. And uh, so I just basically um, just blocked it out and uh, just ignored it. And I said, I would go away like everyone does. But it did not affect me as being a gay male. I think I would have been a gay male anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure I would have, but it certainly affected my um, my sexual uh, practice after that. Uh, I had to work through a lot of stuff. And so you hear I'm about, sure. um, this is all coming from the women Me Too. Uh, I just want to make sure there's a lot of us men Me Too's out there too. Right, right. And, Absolutely. Simon, I want to know, why did you know that you could not speak out? Why Why were you so certain that nobody would, would listen or be there well, for you? Well, it was a very rural part of Alabama, and uh-huh. uh, everybody 
basically were knew or were related to everybody, and I would have been condemned uh, as being a liar or mm. um, yeah. uh, this was someone that would have taken that stance and yeah. someone of power in the community, and uh, and and I would I, I would have been demonized for it. Yeah, and uh, so and I know that. Yeah. Um, that so, uh, that's just a shame that that happened to you, and I'm I'm glad you're speaking out. and And clearly, it happens to men too. And I've had patients in my practice who have have come in after being um, molested sexually, and 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 one of them hid it for a long time and started having some mental behavioral health issues due to that. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I know that it affected me in my um, my sexual courting and mm-hmm. later on in my gay life. And there were things that the way I would react to certain things from another man, it was I would have a flashback to that particular yeah. time as a child. And, yeah. and uh, so it, I had to work through a lot of stuff. And probably yeah. I think it probably affected me not having a stable relationship for the rest of my gay life, you know, I've got yeah. many, many friends, but uh, the relationships that I had did not last, and yeah. I feel like that may very may have well made you miss out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Simon, uh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I would encourage anyone out there who maybe has experienced what Simon has to to seek counseling. There's counseling out there that can help you with working through that. Um, it's time now. Yeah, I, I think anybody out there who's had something that they've hidden, it's time to speak out. It's time to get help. So, Simon, thanks so much for your call. We appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, let's go next to Jay. We have Jay in Hattiesburg. Good morning, Jay. Thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Tell us what you have to say today. Um, I was just listening into an earlier call about uh, kind of the way women dress and how they should be um, addressed, uh, like if they're right. wearing something that's, uh, you know, revealing or whatever. Um, and and I'm, I'm 22 years old, so, like, I am around a lot of college-age people, um, and there are a lot of people who dress in that particular way and i i really don't think that there's any sort of excuse to to you know be super forward and disrespectful to those people who choose to dress in that sort of way i don't i don't think that there's reason to you know treat them uh poorly or over sexualize them just for the way that they want to dress if that makes any sense um yeah, I certainly it does. don't think that they're asking for the for the, you know, cat calls or whatever that may come. Yeah. It may it may just be that that's fashion now and they're trying to stay with fashion. Jay, do you think that uh, you said you're 22? Um do you think that more men um around your age feel the way you do and are less likely to to make the comments than perhaps people who are 20 years older than you. I'm just curious. Sometimes I think so, but I think my perspective is a little different only because like I do live in in my own sort of bubble, of course, but <laughs> but from from the pool of people that I spend time with, it's it's kind of a it's kind of common knowledge to, you know, not not uh take it take it as like a welcoming signal. Right. If if someone's dressed in yeah. a certain particular way, um, because it, I think it is, you know, style today or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't think that there's a reason to, uh, you know, go out of your way and be disrespectful. Yeah. And definitely not asking for it. You know. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jay. See, I think everybody needs to remember. Now, that's our youngest caller so far, and he made it very clear that he he um, thinks there should be standards there. So we appreciate that, Jay. Thanks for your call. Um, let's go to Bridget in Jackson. Um, Bridget, you have some comments? 
I do. Um, although women, and thank you for accepting my call. Certainly. Although women do not, uh, should not be going through, because I'm a woman myself, and no woman should have to be harassed or anything on the job. But I also want to caution the women, uh, everything have an appropriate place. It's like if it's hot outside, you just appropriately. If it's cold outside, you just appropriately. Um, I think that if more workplace would have certain standards of, of uniform that they're supposed to dress uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That they're supposed to dress, I'm sorry, man, like, <laughs> that they're supposed to dress like, um, maybe it will kind of calm down some of the harassment that a lot of women go through. I'm not saying that it's okay for a man to be disrespectful because I've had men to be disrespectful to me as well. Right. And guess what? My job is uniform. And sometimes it's just based on the way a woman looks. You know, um, if a man thinks she's very beautiful, they will try her. But if you got a woman that's coming into the workplace and she's wearing skimpy outfits, you know, and you know what happens when you wear certain outfits like that, then I caution women to use wisdom and dress, uh, you know, dress down a little bit, be classy, but dress down and be, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like everything has a place. Absolutely. Um, it's just like if you're protecting your children. You protect your children from things of the world. Well, we women, we also have to protect ourselves yeah. because we too are vulnerable. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. There's a place for um, maybe uh, more sexualized dress, such as if you're going out on a date and you're really excited about being um, sexy for the date you're going out with, then then obviously that's a, a time. If you're going to the workplace where everybody's supposed to be treated equal and um, looked at equally, you can't help it if you've got a really nice shape, but you can help it if you're wearing a skirt that's going to show your underwear every time you bend over. So I, I, I hear you, Bridget, and I'm just speaking frankly because I think everybody out there um, – needs to hear this and needs to to know that I I do think women have some responsibility. But like Jay said earlier, even if the the dress is not completely um, appropriate or if it is a bit sexy wherever they are, still not a license for guys to be inappropriate. So thanks, Bridget, for your call. We have time to get to our last caller. We have Kenzie from Mobile. Good morning, Kenzie. Thanks for calling. How are you doing? I'm great. Um, Tell Uh, us what you have for the conversation today. Uh, Yeah, I I don't think I don't think enough uh, conversation has been uh, talked about regarding uh, the over sexualization of women in the entertainment industry and the media. And, uh, you know, things of that nature. I mean, you can't watch a, uh, a burger commercial without, you know, some some woman being over-sexualized with, you know, eating a burger, you know. Right. Uh, I think that's out of hand. But uh, for I, I just want to say that regardless of what anyone wears, like perspective is everything. And uh, you, you don't know where that person's coming from or, or what they're doing or their occupation or, or, or whatnot. But no one deserves to to you know, uh, uh, tolerate any type of, uh, any type of shaming or, or, uh, you know, uh, verbal or physical assault based on their appearance. So, uh, I, anyway, I, I just wanted to bring that up about the, uh, the entertainment industry and, and how, 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 uh, sex is just overused as far as, uh, our, our consumption of, of goods and, uh, you know, entertainment. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and end the call, but you know, I, I, I thought yeah. maybe we should talk about that a little bit more because it's, it's, it's far, it's far more acceptable than, uh, than, you know, we, we really think it is, you know, we accept it just by watching our televisions. You're so right. We really, you know, I think one thing the Me Too campaign has done, if you looked at the, by the way, the Golden Globe Awards um, or the Emmys, um, the women where they all wore black. I'm sorry. I'm I'm forgetting which one it was um, for the uh, the Golden Globe. Yeah. 
um, all the women wore black as a statement. If you looked at their dress, they uh, they had some beautiful clothes on, but none of them were the um, amazing, overly skimpy clothes. I think they were making a statement there. But Kenzie's point is, no matter no matter what, there's a lot of over sexualization, and and we're getting sort of immune. You know, there's been a lot of talk about um, there's so much violence out there that we kind of get immune to the the homicides and all the terrible things that are happening um, because we keep hearing about it over and over and over again. And then it's like it's part of your everyday life. The same thing has happened with the sexualization of uh, the media. So we need to all be speaking out and talking back. So I want to just say at the end and summary how much I appreciate all our callers for calling in and sharing their situations. I, I think it points out that there are a lot of people out there, men and women, this is not just for women, but men and women who have experienced significant issues in their life that have have affected them emotionally and, and made them afraid to speak out. So now is the time to, to teach our young people out there. Um, speak out if you think something's wrong, stand out for someone else and and be protectful for them. And uh, let's all empower each other. I think we can we can do it and we'll have a, a better world. So thanks to everybody. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Thanks for being patient with me, Jay. Our call screener was Michelle uh, McAdoo, who was very busy and helped with the conversation. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll all join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. And now you can stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.